Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we've got a Week 2 Giants-Cardinals preview, Justin. Giants coming off of a 40-0 loss. That being said, man, I don't care about it. That game's over. It happened. We evaluated it. They cleaned it up. There is no excuses for losing to this Cardinals team. Even if Andrew Thomas doesn't play, which we'll talk about. Like, I don't want to hear about Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Justin, they are simply a team full of bad players. They are less talented than the Giants at base essentially every single position, except for maybe safety. They they just that those are the facts. They are a less talented team on essentially almost across the board, besides the right side of their offensive line as well. The Giants, there's no way they should lose this game. I don't care if Andrew Thomas doesn't play. Hey, Bobby Skinner. Uh, there's no time like the present for the season to start now, right? Um, I agree with you, man. I agree. I agree with you. Um, this is a team that is actively trying to tank in the Arizona Cardinals, and yeah, the players are playing hard, and they they know what they know what's up. They know what the deal is, and this is an organization with the decisions that they made this offseason to trade away picks and to trade away players. This is an organization that is actively not trying. To win football games. I don't care how hard they played the Washington Commanders last week, which maybe the Commanders are even hyped up a little bit in the first place. But I don't want to be walking away from week two because the Cardinals were played another tough game against the Giants, saying that maybe the Giants are an overhyped team because that's a, that, that's a conversation that's already happening. Beat the shit out of the Cardinals. Let's go one and one and head into, you know, stay in that West Coast trip with some optimism heading into Thursday night football. That's the goal. There is very little talent on this Cardinals team. Some of the stats from their Week One game are inflated. Um, this is a this is a game, Justin, because like we the Giants just lost forty to zero to the Cowboys, right? The Cowboys are a much more talented team. Some weird stuff happened in that a blocked field goal for a touchdown, a pick six on a popped up interception. So some things happen. So that's Week One, forty to zero. That's as ugly as it gets. This Cardinals team to feel good about the Giants coming out of this game. You have to you have to beat them handedly, like you have to be walking in. You have to be going into the fourth quarter, and have no worry of losing this game. Like the only way you lose is if you have the biggest collapse of all time, and even then, I don't think this Cardinals team is possible of putting any team in the biggest collapse of all time unless they literally just start throwing the ball backwards. Um, this is not a talented team, so we'll get we'll get into all of it, Justin. First, this episode was brought to you by some special. People, not people's people. Uh, David Gosling. Familiar name. It's, um, what's the actor's name? Ryan. Ryan Gosling. And then just Michael. 
No Just last Michael. name. Michael, Michael, motorcycle, turn the key and watch him pee. My cousin Michael, who's in prison now. Sure. In third grade. Someone said that to him, and Michael just punched him right in the face. Justin, who are these people? And then he went to prison. Patreon.com slash Talk of Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. Plus, a couple times a month, there's some shirt raffles you could be part of. Patreon.com slash Talk of Giants. Appreciate our patrons. And also, just because there's not a home game for a couple weeks doesn't mean that you can't get your tickets. Talking Giants tailgate crew, we had a really, really fun time against the Cowboys, hopefully against the Seahawks Monday Night Football. It will be a better outcome. It'll be more of a fun game, but the tailgates are always fun. So check the link in our description in the show notes for the link to the tickets. Buy them now so you're not waiting last minute. And I uh, I started putting my game notes on the Patreon, which I thought was a nice little... Uh... Like, cool. Like, I've been keeping better notes this year where it's like, hey, the Giants, the coverages they use, and it's all manual stuff and a bunch of stuff. So, check it out. Before we get into like breaking down this game and the Cardinals and what the Giants can do versus them, we are recording this a little early on Thursday. So, we don't have the injury report on Andrew Thomas for Thursday, unfortunately. Thomas didn't play or practice on Wednesday, but basically said it's like a, uh, it's, there's no like long term hamstring injury there. It's kind of just uh, how does he feel with pain management? Are you in the Andrew Thomas sh- should play? Like, I, here's where I say, Justin, is unless going out there and playing one is going to harm it like a lot more, and there's a big risk of that, or. If they truly, if the doctors really thought, hey, an extra four days of rest will make this injury go away, and it won't be something he's dealing with, unless those two things are true, I think Andrew Thomas should play. Yeah, I agree with you, because really, like, if there's no benefit of sitting him, then why should you sit him? But if there is a benefit, if, if there is a benefit from a, from a pain management standpoint, I want Andrew Thomas for games three to 17 versus a week two game against the Cardinals, which you should win anyway. If he will benefit from the pain management side of it by sitting, then I I do think he should. Now that changes that that may change the whole should the Giants still beat the shit out of the Cardinals? They should still beat them, even without Andrew Thomas, but maybe the game the offensive game plan will inevitably change if Andrew Thomas is out. And that's the sad part. It's hard to run an offense without Andrew Thomas. Um, but against the Cardinals, you should still be able to run an offense. Yeah, and again, it's gonna be it's gonna be up to Andrew Thomas at the end of the day. And I think we can trust Andrew Thomas will make the right decision. Yeah, um, yeah. Whether that, uh, that's, I mean, I think of the Dallas game in 2021. Everyone thought he was gonna play. He sits out. So only only Thomas knows. But but we know he's a warrior. Um, also with him, and he mentioned this too. Like, it's the position he plays. The hamstring is not like you know a wide receiver or a corner where it totally hampers. Like uh, you know the interception, he's limping. Now here's what I would give: like you have Andrew Thomas, you have a a strict do not try and make a tackle if there's a turnover rule. Like literally, because he's that important. Where if they have an interception, you you sit down on the ground. Do not new do not chase him because that's when you saw him really limping. You didn't see it in pass pro really, and he was dealing with it in the run game, but. But at the end of the day, I do think Andrew Thomas should play this Sunday. Yeah. All right, let's get into it, Justin. We'll start with the Giants offense versus the Cardinals defense and, and the passing offense. Uh, the six sacks number has been floating around with the Arizona Cardinals. Like, hey, they sacked the Commanders six times. Here's the thing. Their pass rush is not there. You know, and they live out of quarters, uh, zone coverage. Uh, you know, they don't really blitz. 
the pass rush is not there. Like, first the Commanders, they had six sacks, two QB hits, and seven pressures. Howell was not even in the top half of the NFL of quarterbacks pressured last uh, last week. Um, and the six sacks, two were on the sideline for zero, zero yards, where it's like, you know, uh, Howell scrambles. One was just literally a run play where they messed up the handoff. Or there's an RPO where, you know, Howell went to go throw it, doesn't, tucks it in, runs. There's another one where a tight end gets beat. There's a miscommunication on a slide protection. And then the one that was like a good one was a third and 10 cover zero look where it was a bad play call and Howell spins out of it and, and, and gets a sack. And before you keep going, just to add a stat to it, even though Sam Howell did take six sacks, there was no QB in the NFL that had more time before a pressure, according to PFF, than Sam Howell. And it wasn't even close. Like, Sam Howell, time to pressure was around three seconds. And, like, the Sean Watson was a little bit more than 2.8. And then every other QB, time to pressure is, like, before 2.8 seconds. So, um, Cardinals pass rush, even though they did get the sacks, uh, was not an imposing force last week against the commanders. No, I thought it was one, it, it was a it was a bad pass rush for the commanders. Now, that being said, we just saw what the Giants went through, right? And again, the Dallas like the Dallas and the Cardinals front are on totally opposite ends. Um and even and play styles are different too. But you also can't go into a game like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna. We can't really take blo- anybody for granted. We you cannot take blo- anybody for we're granted. We're not gonna. We're gonna block these guys up and dominate them. You know. But if there is any team where they can block up front, it has to be this Cardinals be this team one. that you're placing. You're facing a lot of good pass rushes this season. The Cardinals aren't one of that. You know, they rotate a lot of guys through there. Like eleven guys got uh, got real snaps on the front for the Cardinals last week. Dennis Gardeck, who's like this undersized edge, uh, he is a guy probably their best pass rusher right even though he's undersized not the most athletic but he works moves he has spins he has good hands you know he did have a sack versus a tight end but it was a good play and he took advantage of it um and then cam thomas uh you know the defensive lineman out of san diego state last year i thought he had a solid rookie season despite not getting a lot of playing time now he played bad in that week one game but i think he's a player there was one player who i think could like take advantage of the giants right side it'd probably be cam thomas but again they don't have you know, they don't have this rush that's just going to put pressure on you, pressure on you. If if Glowinski and Neal don't have at least solid games, then, man, it's 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 worse than what we thought after this past game. You want to hear something crazy about Dennis Gardeck and his NFL career? Um, he had 94 total snaps, 79 pass rush snaps in 2020. He had seven sacks. In, like, 400 snaps in 2021 and 2022 – he had one total sack, and then this past week in 15 pass rush snaps, he had two sacks. So, like, crazy, crazy NFL career for Dennis Gardeck so far. And his rookie year was in 2018, too. Sill Falls? S-I-O-U-X Falls is where he went to college. Where so is Falls. that? So North Falls. Dakota, I believe. Well, North Dakota, you're familiar with the with the North South West Dakota, United that's States. where I, I punched Dallas Goddard in the face. It's, it's true. Um, white white him. dude with heavy metal hair, by the way. So I kind of I kind of love this player. But yeah, and they, and they rotate <laughs> through those guys. There's a there's a, a lot like of I rotation said, going on. Like they and I think that's just a part of like hey they don't have dudes up front so they just they get everyone reps. It'll be interesting to see if like a BJ Ojolari who probably get the least amount of snaps for them if they try and give him more. Uh, who obviously me and you both like coming out of uh you know out of out of last year's draft. He had class. a QB hit last uh, last week. Yeah. 
as far as the way they play with coverage and pass stuff, they don't blitz much, Justin. And they live in off-zone quarters, cover four coverage, right? So you think of that, you think of like the teams, the Vikings and stuff. But I will say where they're different, Justin, is they are very aggressive in their zone, trying to make plays, right? They're not simply like, you know, the Vikings or the Packers last year where they just leave every, or the Colts, where they just leave everything in front of you and they're like, okay with you doing that. They play zone, but they are aggressive out of it. Like they have eyes on the QB and they are trying to, trying to get out, get at it. And now the, bad part of that is like hey they jump they jump plays and they can make plays the good part is you can get them out of position right like there was a post wheel which is a a combination that the giants love to run they ran it a few times versus dallas so a lot harder to run versus man coverage but for zone where they leave the wheel wide open like this the the outside corner bites on the post and and wide open sam howell's looking straight at it and just doesn't throw the ball for some reason he still completed like a 15 yard uh uh dig on the back side of it um you know but they like they keep eyes on the qb they also keep the middle of the field open in that zone right 134 of 189 yards past the line of scrimmage were in the middle of the field below mm. 20 yards so this is a game where i think the giants what they like to do on offense where they flood zones and stuff I think it's going to be really good because they don't really rotate it too well. They don't like the Cardinals don't disguise really much of what they're doing. And for a coaching staff like the Giants, I really think they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah, I hope. Uh, I think this is where, you know, hey, Darren Waller. I think we're going to say it every week. This is where Darren Waller comes in. Um, You know, even Darren Waller's uh, hamstring injury just seems like that's going to be something that he's just going to have to live with. Throughout the year, it doesn't seem like he's going to miss any time, but he's just going to fight through it. So this is where, like, Darren Waller attacking over the middle of the field, Daniel Bellinger attacking over the middle of the field. I even think of a guy like Paris Campbell, who has, throughout his NFL career, especially last year, he attacked the middle of the field more than any other receiver on the team did last year. Um, so that's where I'm really thinking that this is going to that this is gonna come, come in. And I think Hodgins can have, like, a solid game yeah. with, you know, his quick route running and, and that stuff over the middle of the field. And again, I think... Like you'll, you could even see like a couple of Bellinger plays where he's wide open and underneath and has a 10, 15 yards. Cause again, they flood, the, you can flood those zones. They're going to be aggressive on the overtop stuff and it's going to leave stuff underneath. Um, they don't blitz much. Like we said, now, if you get in a third down and long, they'll get into those cover zero looks and they'll send some blitzes. Like they got a fumble return for a touchdown on one of those. Um, but like I said, they just don't disguise much. Like even if they're running a normal blitz. You'll see their safeties creep down and get past that Mendoza line that kind of tips it off like they're sending a blitz. So for a QB like Daniel Jones, who is very pre-snap oriented, like kind of has a good feel for that type of stuff. Um, and a criticism of him is he needs to be, you know, not so pre-snap oriented. A Cardinals team like this, at least what they showed in one week of coaching with a new staff, they are kind of they get into what they uh, do and they want to and they want to run it. And it also but I think it's going to even if they. They do throw some looks because they rush for, because their pass rush should not be relentless. It's going to leave lanes open for DJ to make some plays with his legs. I mean, even Sam Howell made some plays with his yep. legs in week one. Yeah, for sure. I basically, I'm, I'm going into this game, the Giants should just be able to run their offense, right? And it all predicates on Andrew Thomas, like we said at the start, but they should just be able to run the offense that they want to run. Uh, or, you know, especially... What we saw the first drive of the game is that they were very run heavy, very run heavy. If they're giving you light boxes and they're only loading up four, 
then that leaves areas for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to be able to run the ball. And do you want to go there next, or do you have anything else to say about the Cardinals' pass defense? Well, the other thing I will say about the pass is they're they're they play they're a little nasty. They're going to try and get some hits in at the end of the yeah, whistle Buda and Baker's stuff. Son. So oh. be be careful of that type of stuff. Nasty like dirty. <laughs> they also like to keep three safeties on the field, and that leads into the rushing offense, Justin. Now they held the Commanders in check, like they didn't give up any big runs. I also but, don't think the Commanders' rushing offense is very good, and I think it's overrated every year. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But again, they they just they didn't give up any big runs. They play from light boxes, like we like you said, and even within that, they'll have three like they had three safeties on the field a lot. But what they do do is they are very aggressive. Like Kazir White, he had 10 tackles for them. He is downhill. Like he's aggressive as hell to fit up in the run. Like so I think our interior, and we saw it versus the Dallas, they can lean on them a little bit, but you got to get off to those, like, and you'll get push on those doubles, but you got to get off those doubles quick because their linebackers are quick trigger downhill trying to bust, uh, bust stuff up. You know, and Buda Baker's aggressive in those things. But, Especially if Thomas doesn't play, but even if, if Andrew Thomas does play, Justin, and this goes back to the Dallas game, and you're playing this too high zone team and and the, the Cardinals, and you're playing the 49ers next week, the Giants, I think, do need to get back to wanting to be a team that runs the ball, right? And this is a big. We talked about this on the mailbag pod, but you can one, you can do it this week, but hey, teams' adjustments are not. They're not like still playing the way the run the way it did in the middle of the season, right? And people say, oh, they got away in the run at the end of the season. Well, because they had to, because teams were playing them heavy in the run. They had to get to a quick game drop, uh, drop back passing. Teams were playing their play action. So teams are not really, at least the Cowboys, were not playing the run heavy versus the Giants. There's a play where I talk about where it's like the linebackers literally bail. But what they are doing is playing their play action on first and dent, like having their linebackers bailing, you know, following the motion and stuff. So. I would be, if I'm the Giants, just, this isn't even like an individual game plan. This is like, hey, this is how we're going to start the season. And kind of similar to last year, I'm going to run this ball until they stop uh, letting us run the ball, right? Until teams yeah. start game planning for the run again. Yeah. And, and with that, I'll turn it into like a little bit of a uh, you know stat thing. You got to win on first and second down. And if that means that you need to avoid negative plays and avoid third third and long. Um, running the ball is the, is the best way to do it, especially if they're leaving light boxes. If it, if it makes sense for you to run the ball, run the ball. And I think that's something that we've said for like two years now. Um, because when you get into third and long, I think no matter what the team, even if the Cardinals have a good pass rush or a bad pass rush, they're going to show cover zero looks and they're going to try and take advantage of what is a bad offensive line and then therefore replicating what the Dallas Cowboys did against the Giants. So th this is not every week. It's just going to be this is not a team. This Giants team, they cannot consistently get in third and long. They just cannot flat out do it, especially with that right side of the offensive line. They can't. And, and this is more games. of a big picture conversation, and because it's not really specific to the Cardinals, because I think the Giants could operate a lot of like good first down passing versus the Cardinals. But you know, you have the 49ers down the pike, the Eagles. Like you got some teams with good pass rush. We saw it, man. Running play action and stuff on first down got, like you said, got them in these second and 19s where people are like, oh, they abandoned the run in the first half. It's like, not really. Saquon had 11 carries in the first half. Brita had a couple, but there was like a couple drives where they didn't run the ball. Well. 
one of those drives was a first and 10 play action. It's a sack second and 19. When you're going to start running the ball then and you end up going three and out. Um, it's a so, fine line between you're not going to lose nine yards when you run the ball, right? You're more likely to lose nine yards when you throw the ball on a first and second down. So you don't want to be running the ball on first and second down out of fear of a huge negative play. But if the running game is efficient, like it was week one against Dallas, because they were literally letting you do it, then that is the approach and that's the game script that you should take. That's our point. Yeah, take take what the defenses give you. Correct. Um, and as teams, you know, like, you know, there was an article wrote about how, like, the big play is dead in the NFL because of the way, def- like, as much as people don't want to admit it, you know what the best way to get back to it is start running the damn ball. Running the damn ball. Um, Justin, do you have anything on the Giants offense versus the Cardinals defense before we flip to the other side of the ball? Big play isn't dead. It's now just more important than ever because defenses are actively trying to avoid offenses from getting big plays. So it's not it's not dead. It's just more important than ever to get because that's like what defenses are actively trying to prevent. No, run your damn offense, run the damn ball, be efficient on first and second down, avoid third down. Whichever team faces third down more is going to lose the game. There Let's talk about their offense and our defense, Justin. They scored 16 points in game one of the NFL season, right? Not bad for Josh Dobbs and all the talent they have. 10 of the 16 points they scored came off of one yard. There was a fumble return touchdown where Sam Howell was kind of a dummy. And then they had an interception where Sam Howell had guys open, doesn't throw it. The ball ball slips out of Sam Howell's hand. They get an interception. They get a three and out off of one yard to get a field goal. So 10 out of their 16 points came off of one yard of offensive production. Um, That being said, they're not going to be able to want a team that wants to spread it all. Like, if they can do it successfully, they're going to want to run the ball. Like, and they have a good back in James Conner. Like, he breaks tackles. He likes to bounce. You know, they've got a good mix of uh, gap and zone. I think they work their double teams really well. So it's going to be up on the front, uh, too. And they're also, they're going to, lo- they're going to use a lot of smoke and mirrors and motion and stuff to try and keep the linebackers occupied. They'll get Hollywood and Rondale, uh, you know, Mixed in with the reverse game, like those two combined for 41 rushing yards on three carries. But even more so, they're going to use them in the backfield for fake action um, to get your linebackers thinking. So this has got to be a game where these linebackers are dialed in. Okay, okay, will be. McFadden, to me, I know he got some praise after this game, but when the Cowboys ran gap runs, he still had a little some struggles getting into the right spot. So like this is, this is going to be an offense because they know what their limitations are. They're going to throw a lot of action at you to try and, you know, get, you know, operate a, operate an offense. I also think they're just going to make things easy for Josh Dobbs. And you saw some of the more successful plays last Sunday against the Commanders is when you just had receivers running kind of comeback routes near the sideline. I think there were four really successful plays where Dobbs threw the ball past the sticks. And all four of those plays, he had two on the right sideline, two on the left sideline. That's where the ball was caught. And if you can see the spray chart, that's where it was. So, hey, Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks, you know, let's let's go. You're going you're gonna to have outside receivers like Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, um, you know, who you got to be ready for those plays. Um, they're going to they're gonna do some stuff over the middle of the field, too, if, especially if they're playing off. I think, Bobby, you were just saying that if they're playing off and they're not pressing up at the line, then Hollywood Brown's going to run a little slant. And you got to be ready to come up and try and make a play on that, too. So they're going to keep things very simple. And as Wink Martindale likes to do against really bad quarterbacks, he likes to show these elaborate blitzes. And, you know, we're, we're, we throw curveballs, we throw changeups, as Research Rick likes to likes to tweet out. 
Um, this is going to be a game where that's going to happen, and I think the Cardinals are going to fight back against that with the quick passing game and screens. And that's where the Giants linebackers, this, these Giants corners, and these Giants secondary players, they have to be ready to pounce on those screens and really keep an eye out for that so they don't go for big plays and that's been a weakness in the wink martindale defense is a screen they ran seven screens last week now they weren't successful they only got seven yards on those seven screens i mean basically their wins in the past game came from nothing traditional right like the screens you know they run a decent amount of play like they run similar play action stuff like the giants did last year um and any type of chunk play they got in the passing game came from that where like you know you had the over route and they were able to get it or you know a guy left open in the flats but like any deep targets came from play action um and they'll try and like leak uh, rondale Moore out of the backfield and and stuff like that their drop back passing though is very simple. Like one, Zach Ertz is the number one option for Josh Dobbs. He had six catches on 10 targets, only 21 yards. It's a lot of quick game to Ertz on some predetermined plays. Um, you know, and, and Ertz is still a good route runner. Um, and you know, but Dobbs is one a little inaccurate too, but Ertz is not getting the separation he once got. No. You know, and Hollywood Brown, like you mentioned on the sideline, he's kind of going to run some basic like slant curl out depending on the coverage you get, you know, depending on cushion or press. Um, and both those guys, I mean, out of all receivers in the NFL who qualified, Zach Ertz had the third lowest amount of separation on targets. Hollywood Brown had the fifth lowest, which, again, isn't even an indictment on those two players. It's kind of schematic-based where they lived out of the quick game. So, Wink Martindale, if this defense is going to be solid this year, this is a game where you, like, you should be going into this game like we're not letting them score more than 10. Yep. Because you have Josh Dobbs, who one is not a good quarterback, but he's not a good quarterback who's had like nine or ten practices with this team. Uh, you know, their most targeted player is an older Zach Ertz. Hollywood Brown and Rondell Moore are, are talented players, right? So those guys can do stuff, but Josh Dobbs doesn't really have the arm or the talent to take advantage of that, and the coaching staff knows it, so they're working a lot of quick game stuff. And you better um, not let this team run all over you either. No, absolutely not. Like, I don't think they're, I think they can run the ball decently, but you cannot let them, like, if they start, like, hey, we're running the ball, we're running the ball, get, like, that's a really bad indictment on this Giants defense and, and the A. Sean Robinsons, the Nachos of the world. Uh, so, yeah, I think Wink Martindale is, is probably, like, licking his chops. Like, this is going to be a game where we're going to throw some stuff. Cause honestly, Dallas week one, Wink Martindale did not throw very much at Dallas. And again, a lot happened in that game to where it got out of hand, but, there was maybe a couple third downs where Wink threw some stuff at at Dallas, but for the most part, it was some basic cover cover one four five man rush. Um, and I think this game they're gonna really go all out on this team and try and force them you into should. fumbles and mistakes, and that will happen with Dobbs because if the first read is not there, he is really off. But again, or this kind of like what their offense is is quick game. Ertz over the middle of the field and then Hollywood Brown on the sideline. It's it's very like I mean, and I get it, right? It's not even a big shot on Josh Dobbs. Like he's Again, they're trying to actively tank. They they literally they cut Colt McCoy. They're shutting Kyler Murray down, who wouldn't who wouldn't have been ready by week two anyway, but by what they're doing with their quarterback situation, this is a team that is actively trying to lose games. Yep. Um that being said, I was very surprised. The Commanders didn't get a lot of pressure on Dobbs. And it wasn't just because of their playing... St like, no one on their front overwhelmed them, right? Like, they made some plays, 
Um, but in, and again, they have DJ Humphreys and Paris, uh, Paris Johnson, the rookie at the tackle. So their tackles are, are, are solid, but the interior, you got Will Hernandez, those types of guys. And they have like Duran Payne. I thought it was the worst I ever seen him on film in a game. Wow. Um, and Jonathan, Jonathan Allen made some plays, right? And, but they were kind of more towards the end of the game. And for the Jonathan Allen standard of being great, which is like the same standard as the Dexter Lawrence's. I, I would have liked this. Actually, I wouldn't have liked them because we have to play them twice. But if I was their coaching staff, I'd be like, well, I, I think you, you should have overwhelmed them up front. And they kind of didn't. Um, so that's like, a, like you can't Dex and Leo. Like, th- this is a challenge. I mean, Leonard, like, we'll, we'll talk about it. I, I might talk about it later. But oh, you, you should, might talk you, about it later. These, like, the interior, like, that should be the challenge no matter who you're placing every week. Is like you should go up and overwhelm them unless you're playing the Eagles. Yeah. Which even then, I'm interested. I, I want to watch some film on Cam Jurgens. He's their new right guard. I'm sure he's just amazing because that's the way the Eagles and Jeff Stoutland do it. But, like, you should be overwhelming guys on a week-in, week-out basis if you're Dex and Leo Williams. Yeah, I guess some other names that maybe we won't talk about later. It was really cool to see Xavier McKinney have a great game against the – the Cowboys and make some plays and like all facets and all areas of the game. So, you know, you think maybe he's like one V one versus Zach Ertz. I'll be interesting to see what they do because I can see that. I also can see wink being like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to go after Zach Ertz. We're going to put Pinnock on him and we're going to have guys underneath trying to cut some of that stuff off. Cause that's, that's something that wink does, man. Like I think back to week two versus the Panthers, right? We're thinking like, all right, Adore on DJ Moore. But instead, they put Flawed and Moreau on DJ Moore and had Adore shut down the other side and then doubled stuff over the top. So, I, I'm we'll we'll find out early in that game. Yeah. But I'm interested to see. But if McKinney if McKinney is one on one with Zach Ertz, he should be shutting that down. He should have another couple more a couple more pass breakups like he did in Week One. Um, yeah, like Z- McKinney should be winning the Zach Ertz one on one battle. This is also the first game where you won't have. You know, the team's best receiver in the slot. I guess if you could say in the Cardinals, Hollywood Brown is their best receiver. So, yes. you know, what what does the cornerback alignment really look like? I say roll, you have you do have your best three players on the field with Adoree Jackson, Trey Hawkins, and Deontay Banks. So I, I'd say kind of keep it the way it is. But, you know, hey, does Darnay Holmes work in a little bit more playing time against a really small Rondell Moore? We'll see. We'll see how, how that kind of that how that kind of forms up, shapes up. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Rondell Moore. They're gonna they're gonna move him around a ton and try and create explosives because he's he is a he is an explosive type player, um, and they they're gonna you know I think of uh what again uh, in the pew, pew, pew. they 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 but they actually do try and create a lot of stuff for him, whether it's handoffs, um you know like they screens. they leak them out on a wheel route screen. So they're gonna they're gonna try and get the ball on his hands to get their big plays, um. Yeah, I mean, anything, anything else on 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 that stuff before we bring Danny King on for segments? Dominate, start to finish. Dominate again. I, I want to go into this fourth quarter being happy, not thinking anything about the outcome of this yeah, game. This should be a Josh Dobbs has thirty five attempts in this game. Daniel Jones should have like twenty four to twenty six, like that, and then Saquon Barkley should have over twenty rushing attempts. Not because you know, not solely because we're just running him and pounding him to the ground. But, oh, third, fourth quarter, we're winning, and Saquon Barkley, we're giving him 20 rushing attempts. That's what the game should look like because we have it handily in control. I agree. I agree. I'm checking the chat to see if we got any updates on Andrew Thomas. 
I don't think that we did. Um, before we bring on Danny King, Justin, I want to talk to you about. Why don't you check those updates while I read this? Check I will. the reporters. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. As simple as Simple Man Radio. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. The number one rated ticketing app on the number one rated talk uh, Giants podcast. How about that? There are more than 70,000 events in every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and my favorite thing, more. More is always better. They always want to make sure that you are getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll be glad you did. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on Danny King for segments. Weatherman Dan. Dan, they're out in Arizona. What's the weather going to be like? Um, It's going to be 100 degrees on Sunday. But not humid, though, right? Not uh, – let me pull up the humidity because that's, that's something I can do real quick. I was looking – I'm assuming the dome is going to be closed – because obviously you know what they say about on. assuming it makes an ass out of you and me that is true that's true it's gonna be 28 percent hum- humidity so not too bad not too bad but just 100 degrees september kind of crazy but that's arizona why do people live out there i quite frankly don't i know, went there oh how oh yeah you did you went there for the super bowl how, how yes. was arizona was that a nice place it was a ter- not not a great it was fine it was a fine area it was very flat it was very square rectangular um and uh the stadium was cool. Stadium was fun. Yeah. We do but stop fun. beating around the bush, Danny. You got the weather unbelievably wrong oh, yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will be honest. That was a. I wish that was I could get paid one. to be wrong all the time, like a weather person. That was that was a rough one. Uh, I did. I there was no no one thought it was gonna rain. I literally, the weather channel back home literally says could be. No, people skies. did think it was going to rain. Yeah, Not it was. That, it was all. Not it was that, in the though. forecast. It was. Not that, it, you were nineteen and zero last year on weather predictions. Now you're zero and one. You know, Giants started out tough. I started out tough. We're gonna rebound yeah. this week. That's how it works. Because only the only person, only only, only the only uh, people who had a, a worse worse week one performance than the Giants was Danny King's weather <laughs> weather report. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. But guess what? I do got a good trivia question. <sighs> Hit oh. us with it. Transition. Uh, so. It, back in 2017, the Giants played the Cardinals. It was on Christmas Eve. The more you know, they unfortunately lost that game 23 to nothing. However, however, a Giants player had two interceptions in that game. 2017. Can you name the player that had picked off the Cardinals twice? I think it was Janoris Jenkins. <sighs> Justin, do you have an answer? Oh, sugar. Um, 2017. Brandon Merriweather was not on the team. He also never did anything. Man, 2017 was the one season where I really like phased out. I don't know. My answer is I don't know. Uh, it was not Janoris Jenkins. The answer was indeed our good old friend Ross Cockrell. Oh, <laughs> I knew that because when we Nick. signed, remember we signed Ross Cockrell for a day. Yeah, that was that was the legendary. We loved Ross Cockrell. Two picks that game in uh, his one year with the Giants. He had fifty tackles, three interceptions, and eleven passes defended. That bothers me because I knew that. I I've I've put that on social media before. <laughs> um, 
Okay. All right. We, we screwed up. All right. Let's get into uh, fantasy. So what we do is every week we do a fantasy draft of uh, the Giants players and their opponent. Um, good competition, and it's a good way to highlight some of the matchups uh, upcoming in the week. After the defending champion, myself, will be picking first, and I am in first place with 37.3 point outing last week. You planned this. Justin is uh, going to be picking third, but he's second with 16.2 points behind. He could double his score after week one, still be down by a five. And then Danny is a uh, is a half is less than a point behind uh, Justin in third place. He'll be picking second. And again, this is why you think things through. This is why I picked third last week because I knew yeah, you thought through situation. that the that the Cowboys would dominate the Giants, and you're yep. like, oh, I can't wait for that since I'm going to be ahead in fantasy. Congratulations. No, it was about this week when there's not a lot of fun uh, good players. It was about this week, and so with the first pick, I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Oh wow. Easy. I mean, this is this is the easiest pick of the year. Like, there's no one on the Cardinals that is comp- uh, competing for that first pick, and Waller could go off, but he only had three for 36 in the game. He's dealing with some injury and stuff, so I'm going. We didn't know that at the time of the recording last week, so Saquon one one easy. I think we're going to run the ball a lot this week. Danny, who is your pick uh, second? I'll see. Like you said. Uh, wasn't the best week for him, but this week I'm uh, ooh, you know what? Hang on, hang on. I was thinking something, but then, but then I had, then I had like a, like an epiphany. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying. No, I'm saying. You know what? I'm gonna take James Conner. I think that's the right pick. They're I gonna was, give him the rock. He's a good back. They're gonna get gonna him gonna a bunch of passes Waller. in the screens. I think that's the right pick. I was about to take Waller, but then that epiphany hit me. That I was like, "Wait, James Conner still on this team?" So I am gonna take James Conner here because that after that's when it to me it gets kind of fuzzy with the Niners. Yeah, Niners, I had, Cardinals, I had, Cardinals, Cardinals. Yeah, the, I had Conner number two on the big board. Um, one, he's their number one running back. Their backup running back had negative yards last week, um, and they run a ton of screens and get so and they run a bunch of quick games. So yeah, I think Conner's the number two pick because I think he's just gonna get like, you know, five points just simply off of the receptions he gets all right justin you got back-to-back picks darren waller it's gonna happen it's gotta happen come on it's the game to do it uh let's not keep saying this i I just had a really scary thought of uh remember the first year of kenny galladay we were like come on it's gotta happen we're gonna take him in the fantasy draft because it's gonna happen this week right um i don't want to get to that point so don't go to that dark place and then i'll take hollywood brown on the on the come around in the second round number one receiver for the cardinals uh could be going up up against a rookie maybe he could take advantage of him for a hot sec he's gonna get some catches and then it gets so really dark after this you take you took hollywood before any giants receiver that's interesting i i do have that is my we went according to the bobby big boy so good job guys you guys are knowing ball a little better this year hopefully you guys can close the gap um yeah but hollywood is obviously their number he's there he's their best he is their best weapon on offense. It's just the issue for me is I don't know if Dobbs can take advantage of the weapon that Hollywood Brown can be. All right, Danny, who's your second pick? Yeah, now I'm sitting here. I feel like I might be overthinking it in a way because uh, I'm leaning one way, but he didn't really have the best of games. So I think I, sh- I should just understand what last what happened last week was, was just a fluke with the Giants overall. So I'm going to take a Giants wide receiver here, and that guy – I'm stuck between Slayton and, and Hodgins because Slayton at least called majority of his passes. Hodgins could have catch one last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Darius Slayton. 
Darius Slayton, Giants wide receiver one. Uh, I, I, I wanted to take Hodgins, but I just DJ at least was able to complete passes to Isaiah uh, Darius I, Slayton last week. Yeah, I actually have Hodgins ahead of Slayton this week on the big board because I think there's going to be a lot of quick game versus their zone and stuff, and I think that's where Hodgins gonna be, is going to be his best. Um, I actually have someone ahead of Isaiah Hodgins, but I'm going to put Isaiah Hodgins as my second pick just so it's a little Giants propaganda, and I have back-to-back picks. So I am picking Isaiah Hodgins. And then I'm taking the guy who got 10 targets for the Cardinals despite not getting very many yards um, in Zach Ertz. He did get open on a stick and nod last week, and Dobbs missed him for the touchdown. If there's anyone who can get a receiving touchdown on that team, it's going to be Zach Ertz. They want to get him the ball, so I'm going Zach Ertz with pick number three. Danny, your third pick. Uh, after that, I think, you know, he, he he's not having a bad game. I think he would like free catches for 33 yards. I know there's nothing groundbreaking in the NFL, but I'm going to take Rondale Moore here. I think Rondale Moore could maybe Josh Dobbs leaves what free target, free catches, 33 yards, had a big, had a big play. Give me, give me Rondale Moore. Let's see what Rondale Moore can do. We got, week. we got eight picks down. We, the top eight of my big board are, are, are gone. A little bit of different order, but, but not by much. Justin, your last two picks. My last two picks. I mean, I'll go Paris Campbell first. Mm-hmm. I do think he's going to get some decent amount of catches. We talked about working in the middle of the field during, during the first part of the show, and I think Paris Campbell coming out of the slot could be a part of that. And then I think this guy got some catches last week, and this was a guy that we were talking about. Senior Bowl coming out of the draft and that's michael wilson oh. yeah i'm gonna go with michael wilson over trey mcbride um he had a big, good good senior bowl but he's just always been injured um he okay. did have a nice catch last week yeah he had i think he had their biggest receiving actually not their biggest one but they had one on the sideline that was really nice yep all right danny what's your last pick oh man <laughs> oh man oh man i don't really know where i want to go here because i did um. God, am I really about to take a? I think there's an easy Cardinal? pick. Obviously, uh, now, now you just put the pressure on me ten times because of that. Um, it's a super easy pick. Where, where's the? Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. If I'm being honest, gentlemen, I'm probably just gonna take. Really choking on the pressure. You have to cut this out, Justin. My bad. Uh, nope, I'll, not cutting I'll, anything. I'll, 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 I'll just take Trey McBride. Yeah, that's the super easy pick. Is it though? Is it though when I can get Jalen Hyatt last in a draft? Ooh, like at some, po- at some point, Jalen Hyatt's gonna gonna I, pop. I, I was I was thinking Jalen Hyatt, but I was like, eh, I'll just go McBride. So to recap, I have Saquon Barkley, Isaiah Hodgins, Zach Ertz, and Jalen Hyatt. Danny, you have James, and I'm in first place. Danny, you're in last. You have James Conner, Darius Slayton, Rondale Moore, yeah, and Trey McBride. McBride. Um, and uh, Justin has Darren Waller, Hollywood Brown, Paris Campbell, and Michael Wilson. Um, who would have thought we would be taking Michael at the Senior Bowl, Justin? We'd be taking Michael Wilson in a fantasy draft. Oh. Um, all right, Giant Factors are X Factors, but we're Giants podcasts, so we call it Giant Factor. <laughs> Last time I'll explain that for the year. I'm going Leonard Williams. You're going to be facing guys like Will Hernandez this week. You want to get paid this offseason? Like... Again, if there's one player I was really the most disappointed in that like had a standard of being good last week, it was Leonard Williams. Go out there and, and win and dominate, right? 
Let's forget week one. Forget it ever happened. Go out there and win and dominate. We need, like, I want to get pressure by rushing four. I want to be in Josh Dobbs' lap, forcing an already inaccurate quarterback to have more inaccurate throws. Create turnovers. Like, we know Dex is good. You know, Kayvon, uh, is, you know, we talked about him on the mailbag pod. Leonard Williams. You're not even 30 years old yet. Go out there and dominate. You want to get a second contract, man? It starts now. Erase week one. Get better and ball out. Leonard Williams, you are my week two giant factor. Danny, who is your giant factor for this week? Love that pick. Love that pick. Uh, my giant factor this week is, is Mark Lewinsky because, I, I, Mark, I, you're you're not a world beater. No one's expected to be a world beater, but, God, you were – the God world beats him last week. Literally, the world beats. That was one of the worst. I we see bad off at the live play. That was up there with the worst off at the live play I've ever seen. Mark, you're better than that, quite frankly. You're he's he's not like uh what we saw last week type of guy. He sucks, don't get me wrong, but he can be a little bit better than that, in my opinion. And he gotta be better than that, in my opinion, because we just can't have it can't happen again. Uh, one a one pass blocking grade last week. Just want to say that again because that's a funny thing. I was supposed to be a giant factor, and I'm, and I'm putting him down. Mark, just block better. That that's literally bare minimum. I'm asking you to block a little better. Give Daniel Jones a little more time. Pick up stunts. Help Evan Neal because Evan Neal ain't gonna help himself. Uh, Mark, just be better. Because <laughs> this is the week you gotta be better. If you're not good this week, I don't know what to do with you. But then there, I feel like there's no point in you being on this team anymore if you suck again this week. So Mark. Do the bare minimum. Give Daniel Jones time. You're a giant factor. A quiet one. Here's I'm I'm glad you picked him, just or Danny. One. That game was so bad that maybe Gawinski doesn't even roll out there this week. We didn't talk about that in the top. Like that was a game that can get you out. But if he has a bad game versus this Cardinal front, and again, it doesn't need to be the the, the level of bad the Cowboys. But if it's just a bad game, he's done. You have to bench him. You have to bench him Oh, for Josh Azudu. Justin, who is your giant factor for week two? My giant factor for week two is going to be Bobby Okereke. I thought initially about going like Deontay Banks. Like, Deontay Banks, you're covering Hollywood Brown. But then I'm thinking to myself, Wink Martindale is going to throw curveballs. He's going to make Josh Dobbs feel very, very uncomfortable with stacking guys on the line of scrimmage. He'll drop guys in the coverage. There'll be some plays where everybody will come. And Dobbs will feel very uncomfortable. So what will the Cardinals do? The Cardinals are going to run the ball, James Conner, and they're going to throw a lot of screens. Bobby Okereke has to be ready to recognize if there are things happening at the line of scrimmage, where guys are going, if Rondell Moore is going in motion, and maybe he's going to be getting the ball. He's got to be the guy that his eyes and his head has got to be on a swivel on where the ball is going and where he needs to be. So Bobby Okereke, go out there, be a giant factor, stop the run, keep your head on a swivel, stop these screens, move sideline to sideline, be a giant factor. All right. Those are your week two giant factors. I have a challenge for uh, people on social media. When we put out who's your giant factor for the game tomorrow, don't say like don't say the quarterback. That's not the quarterback is never an X factor. He's like the main factor. Um, even though it's like I don't care actually. Do whatever you want. Actually, don't listen to me. All right, time for spread picks. The listeners, they went seven and one. In week I'm one, listeners, they're in first place. Listeners. Danny, you're at six and two, and I'm five and three. So, congrats to all three of us being above 500 for week one. Justin, but Justin didn't even have a bad week, he's a four and four. Um, but but we all have different records after week one after that. So, um, 
and uh, man, two years in a row, I might have to rethink picking the Super Bowl champs on the opener. Uh, uh, you Can't know. wait for that one and zero graphic. Kadarius Tony screwed me again. I actually went and watched the clip of Tony when they asked him like his obsession with the Giants, and I'm like, man, this is why I kind of like you. Like his response was pretty funny. Like he just smiles. He's like, I don't. It's like they troll me. I troll him back. Like, um, Thursday night football: Vikings at Eagles minus six and a half. I'm going Eagles minus six and a half. Um, I think they're gonna overwhelm them up front. Now, here's what I am interested in this game. Even like I still think the Eagles are gonna win. I'm interested to see the Brian Flores defense versus the Eagles. Like, lining up in the line of scrimmage, blitzing the hell out of them, single high safety. I'm interested to see how they how they fare. Not even like not even like how the Jalen Hurts stats at the end of the night. Just like, how does he deal with that? I, I think that's going to be a cool uh, look to see. Because the Viking, like, Flores doesn't care who he's playing. He's always going all out with those, like, not even cover zero looks. He just runs cover zero. Um, so, but I am going Eagles minus six and a half. The listeners represented by Tucker Cherry are agreeing with me. Justin, who are you going? I'm Googling very quick to see the final score of the game last year. The Eagles kind of blew them out. They yeah. Don't, they, they blew them out. Um, I'm, I'll go, fuck, man. I really want this to be a fun game where it's worth watching to the end. But the Vikings just, like, didn't get better. They were a 13-win team that, like, I wonder, like, what that front office, like, what they thought of last year and how they evaluated after last year. Eagles minus six and a half. They're a weird. Vikings are a weird team. Danny. You just can't have fun Thursday night games. It's not allowed in the primary, especially. And we got Bradbury out for the Vikings. Uh, They're off the lines, beat up. And the Bradbury's Eagles. on the Vikings. Oh, Gar- oh is Garrett, Garrett Bradbury, Bradbury out? Sorry. Yeah, Garrett Bradbury's oh, out. Oh, James uh, Bradbury's out on the Eagles. Yeah, oh, he is, is he really? Both Bradbury's are out. Wow, look at that. And then Darisol is also out for the Vikings. Basically, I'm saying Eagles are going to dominate. So give me the Eagles plus six, plus six and a half. I forgot. What the Eagles minus is. six and a half. Minus six and a half. Minus six and a half. Um, gambling expert. Kenny Gainwell is their starting running back. He's out. I'm interested to see who the number two is, whether it's Swift, Boston Scott. Um, I'll say his name. Be interested to see who they who they play more. Uh, Chiefs at Jags plus three and a half, a rematch of the divisional round last year. Justin, who do you got? Jags plus three and a half. Danny, who do you got? I mean, Travis Kelsey's gonna be back this week, so like, and Chris Jones. Yeah, so like, realistically, this feels like a game the Chiefs are gonna bounce back. Light rain in Jacksonville, apparently. Who did Jack anyone big out? Oh, no, Brandon Sheriff, possibly. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs here, plus three and a half. Uh, Travis Kelsey being back. You got so, you, we've been doing this for two years. You've never got – you got two in a row with the minus and plus wrong. You've never done oh, that Oh, I did. I, I've been looking at – because I was I had uh, my other email pulled up waiting to read something, and then I, I was – so I had the brief pull up my thing for all the spreads. Um, I'm going Jags. I just got a feeling that even if they lose, they're going to keep it within a field goal. They lost by seven last year. I know – that was the game that Mahomes got hurt on. But I, I think the Jabs keep it, keep it tight and might even win this game. Uh, so I'm going Jags plus three and a half. Listeners are going Jags as well, too. Seahawks at Lions minus five and a half. To me, that spread is too big. I know the Seahawks had a really bad week one, and the Lions obviously beat the Super Bowl champs. I'm going Seahawks plus five and a half. I think they have a bounce back game. That game, the Seahawks Lions game last year was a freaking offensive thriller. Um, so I, I got the Hawks plus five and a half. The listeners are going Lions. Danny, who are you going? 
I'm also going Lions because obviously the Seahawks are kind of beat up along that offensive line. Uh, they brought in 41 year old Jason Peters, I believe, or less. I wanted still- us to sign him. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's there's a guard we can sign that's still out there. Not gonna say his name on the pod. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the Lions. I think they could still. I think they can win this game by a touchdown. DJ Fluker. No, I'm talking about Justin Pugh. Justin oh. Pugh. I feel Justin Pugh is definitely trying to like create a media career, and I don't know if anyone wants to hire him. <laughs> DJ Fluker me- actually seems interested in playing football. But. Yes. Yeah. And anyways, Justin, who do you got in this? Uh man, I, I think I'm gonna go Lions minus five and a half too. That was really, really bad against the Rams uh the first week. And, you know, it, it Seahawks were home too. That's the crazy thing. I know McVeigh has had uh the Seahawks number, but Danny mentioned the injuries on the offensive line. I think the Lions are going to overpower him. Danny, I really don't want to read this ad after the spread picks. So can Damn we it. can we uh can we uh talk about uh who's bringing us spread picks this week? Oh, I mean, thank you because I've been really wanting to talk about who's bringing us spread picks this week because it's our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? You guessed it, it's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner. Of the NFL, new customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 in free bets instantly if they do. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. So what you need to do is get in on the NFL action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code WORLD to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 to take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD, W-O-R-L-D. The crown is yours. But guess what? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football turns for eligibility. Uh, responsible gamer resources. Bonus bets expire in seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. You would be glad you did. Be glad you did. Uh, Pat Leonard just tweeted this out. Special teams coordinator Thomas McGahey will not talk about the field goal block. Says they watched the film and intend to learn from it. I'm excited to hear the clip for that to see how like that interaction went. That's not terrible. So much, so much respect. Love him. Ravens at Bengals minus three and a half. By the way, Zay Flowers looked great in week one. Like he was, like he almost looked better. Like I think he's going to be better, have better stats in the NFL because he doesn't have a horrible offensive line and Phil Jerkovich <laughs> throwing him the ball. Um, actually, I don't know if the Ravens' offensive line is good, uh, but I'm going Bengals. Joe Burrow bounce back game. They've had some really big games versus the uh, the Ravens in the past. I'm going, and they beat them in the playoffs. I know Lamar wasn't there. No Zay Flowers wasn't there. I know their current wide receiver too wasn't there. Um, but I'm but I'm still going Bengals minus three and a half, Danny. And guess what? The Ravens didn't have OBJ then either, but I'm still taking the Bengals. I said the wide receiver too. <laughs> but uh the Bengals either bounce back. I also need Joe Burrow to bounce back desperately for my fantasy team. So Joe, I know you listen to Talk of Giants, big time Talk of Giants fan told me himself. Uh please bounce back. I'm begging you mightily. Please. Who's your backup? <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> That's a good like I don't think 
It's not that backup. I D- like DJ's it. my starter, actually, and I have Anthony Richardson. I, I draft quarterbacks late, and I have Anthony Richardson as my backup. Got him in the second or last round. I might, Justin, I might start DJ this week, quite frankly. The listeners are going Ravens. Are you agreeing with the listeners who are 7-1 or me and Danny King? I'm agreeing with you and Danny King. Bengals minus 3.5. 49ers at Rams plus seven and a half. Rams are good, you know, or, or they might be good again. But that being said, I'm still going 49ers minus seven and a half. They own the Rams. I'm going, I'm going 49ers. This, but this is the, are the Rams are good again or not game yeah. for me? Justin? Yeah, I mean, even if, if the Rams cover this spread at plus seven and a half, I'm still, like, I think that's a, that's a success and that's a win for the Rams just in terms of what we thought of them heading into the season. I don't know if I buy into it, though, though, because maybe the Seahawks are just worse than what we thought. Even though the Seahawks have good off seasons, 49ers minus seven and a half. I would I I would I feel more comfortable picking 49ers minus seven and a half, even though this is a really tough spread and I would never put money on this game. I feel better if I lose picking 49ers minus seven and a half than if the Rams get blown out and then I pick Rams plus seven and a half. The listeners agree with us. Danny, are you going against the grain or with everyone else? No, uh, I'm not going against the Rams. I'm going the Niners here. Uh, like I said, big spread for the Rams to cover. And I, I don't want to say last week was a fluke because I think Sean McVay can get the best out of this current iteration of the Rams. But uh, the 49ers was better. Jets at Cowboys minus nine and a half. This is low-key the game like I'm most interested in this week. Because I want to see that Jets defense, how well they do against a Dallas offense, which isn't great, but not, uh, you know, but it's a good offense, you know, but it's not like an elite offense. Uh, and obviously that pass rush for Zach Wilson, like who, I, I just want to see how the Jets look in this. And I think, you know what? I think that defense is good enough to keep them within uh, the spread. So I'm going to go Jets plus nine and a half, even though I do think the Cowboys win this game. Danny. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. That that line, I know no Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but that line still feels pretty big, especially with a, a good Jets defense. And here's the thing. The Cowboys didn't really have to do much offensively against the Giants. I know they, they look fine, but, like, they didn't really do anything, like, wow you to think, like, I'm not saying the Cowboys are not a good team. I'm not saying that, but I think the Jets defense could keep them in check for nine and a half points. So give me the Jets on this spread. Even though I feel, I just feel a Zach Wilson disaster class, but I think they're going to try and run the ball a ton. Justin, who do you got? The The Jets are in Dallas? Yes. I okay. think, right? Yes. What did the listeners go with? Uh, the listeners are going Cowboys. I'll go Cowboys, too. I, I just I just don't think it's going to be good. Uh, Cowboys minus nine and a half. Um, yeah, I think it's... Where 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 show me the Yeah, it's in Dallas. Okay. Right, so Justin is going Cowboys. I'm writing it down. Dan Danny, uh Dolphins at Patriots plus three. Who do you got? Patriots didn't look bad in that final uh second half against the Eagles, but they could have capitalized to win the game. I'm gonna go Dolphins here. Uh the Dolphins just dominated. Not dominated, but they looked great last week. And what they did against the Chargers, I think they could just absolutely blow the Patriots out the water. The listeners agree. Dolphins um, minus three. I also agree. Again, I think McDaniel, what he did to adjust to what the Chiefs did or the Chargers did against him last year was pretty, very impressive. Um, Even though I do think the Patriots are a solid team, I'm going Dolphins. Justin, agreeing with all of us or against the grain? Yeah, Dolphins are like my 
fun team in the NFL that I'm watching right now. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle just there, there's no other team that has that. I know there's T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, but I think Waddle is better than Higgins, and I think Hill is better than Chase. You can say AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, and I think it's the same thing there. I think Waddle's better than Devontae Smith, and I do think Tyreek Hill's like the best receiver in the NFL right now up there with Justin Jefferson. So plus you have the offensive scheme. So uh Dolphins minus three. Jalen Waddle is questionable for Sunday night, though. I just want to make that clear. He's going to play. Okay. Source me. Source Browns. At, yeah. Browns at Steelers plus two. The Steelers, Justin, and I think you agree with me where my team like, I think they could be solid this year. Week one, I'm all the way off of it. That offensive line is bad, and I kind of remembered like why I didn't love Kenny Pickett coming on the draft. is like he's just has a panic about him under pressure. And the 49 or the Browns are going to bring it. Like they, one of the more underrated things because everyone talks about Deshaun Watson with the Browns is that they were so bad against the run. They improved their front. I mean, they added Dalvin Thompson and Zadarius Smith to that team. They did with already having Miles Garrett. Um, so I'm going Browns minus two. I think they 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 torment the Steelers up front all day long. Uh, Browns minus two. The listeners are going Steelers plus two. Justin, who do you got? It's funny how you know we just talked about the Vikings, how I don't think they got better in two key pieces that they lost were Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith. So the Browns took like the only two good defensive players that the Vikings have on defense. Um, <laughs> yeah, give me the Browns. I don't love it, but man, I, I like they don't even need Deshaun Watson. They don't even need a quarterback in this game because they can run the ball. They can you know do what they need to do offensively to stay afloat, and then their defense is just going to shut things down. Danny. I just learned Alvin Thompson is a Cleveland Brown. The yes, more you know. Uh, I'm taking the Browns as well. Uh, I know last week's game, it was, I think that was just the rain. And like you said, the Steelers look pretty, pretty bad against the 49ers. 49ers obviously a better team, but they just did not. All right. It's time for Giants-Cardinals predictions. Danny, what is your score prediction for New York Giants at Arizona Cardinals week two? Gotta have it. Gotta have this game. If you lose this game, this really kind of puts a gloomy outlook on the season in a way. Uh, it, this is a hundred percent a trap game, but the Giants are gonna win. Uh, they have to. Giants win twenty-one to to seventeen. I feel like it's gonna be close, and I don't want a close game, but I think that's what we're about to get. Justin, what do you got? Twenty-four thirteen. We walk away from the game saying, "Hey, you know, hey, maybe you wanted to beat them by two scores, but." The game script and running the ball in the second half is what's going to guide the Giants to a comfortable victory, and we're feeling we're feeling solid after after week two. There is something that I didn't have to pull out last year that has been something I've pulled out for score predictions every single year up until last year, but the Giants were good. This game is going to decide if that if that that is pulled out, but guess what? It is week two. Um, this is this is the new week one. We're erasing Dallas from our memory like Thomas McGahee. We're not talking about it anymore. It's over. It's done. Finito. The Giants are more talented than the Arizona Cardinals. They are better coached than the Arizona Cardinals. They have the quarterback advantage over the Arizona Cardinals. And the Giants will bounce back. And after losing 40-0 to zero week one, they will be up in their score plus minus margin. Giants 77, Cardinals 0. Let's get the season on track and let's win some games. We'll see you on Monday for a the first victory podcast of the season. Believe it. Believe it. We're back 
erase Sunday night. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.